your Bibles tonight, 2 Samuel chapter number 7, 2 Samuel chapter number 7, let's read together this chapter in God's Word, and tonight's message is titled, Who's Building Who a House? And uh, if you listen to it, you'll see the word house mentioned many times, and and you'll end with the question, who's building who a house? And uh, chapter 7 of 2 Samuel is often referred to as the Davidic Covenant. And uh, basically, that's just simply God's promise to David that through his house, his uh, dynasty, his family, uh, that there will come a Messiah, that uh, there will be this forever promise with God that through David will come Messiah. But uh, who's building who a house? Tonight's message, if you'll look with me, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, we'll be in reading verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies. Now the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me a house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and a tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me an house of cedar? Now therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, to be a ruler over my people, over Israel. And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and have... Cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house. And when thy days be fulfilled and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him. As I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. We'll pause there for just a minute and just catch our breath. The first half of this chapter in God's word, we meet David and David is at a rest from his fightings and he's the king and 
as he's sitting there, he has a burden to do something right and good and honorable for God. David has in his heart to build a house for the Lord. He says something like this. He says, he says is it right for me to dwell in a house of cedar? At this time, that would have been a luxurious, a luxurious thing. And uh, is it right for me to dwell in a house of cedar and the ark of God dwells in a tent? And so he sets out in his heart to build the Lord a house, a temple, a tabernacle. And uh, he says to Nathan the prophet, by the way, it's the first time we meet Nathan the prophet, this is what he wants to do. Nathan says, that sounds good. But then God in the night meets with Nathan and reminds Nathan of a few things that he needs to tell David. And the bottom line is, God doesn't want David to build him a house of cedar. But God takes the opportunity to let David know that he is going to build him a house for sure. As far as the physical structure for the dwelling place of God, there would come a day when Solomon would build it. But for the house of David, the dynasty of David, the house of David, his future... God says through Nathan that I'm going to raise up your son to build me a physical house, but I'm going to work through you to build your house and a lineage, something that will last forever. And we meet and find out that it's through the line of David that we get our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's building who a house? The second half of this passage of Scripture is David accepting God's will and praising God for his goodness. Look at the Bible says in verse 18. It will remind you of a psalm. Then went King David in and sat before the Lord. And he said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Lord God. But thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come. And is this the manner of man, O Lord God? And what can David say more unto thee? For thou, Lord God, knowest thy servant. For thy word's sake and according to thine own heart hast thou done all these great things to make thy servant know them. Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God. For there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee according to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation in the earth is like thy people, even like Israel? whom God went to redeem for a people to himself and to make him a name and to do for you great things and terrible for thy land before thy people, which thou redeemest to thee from Egypt, from the nations and their gods. For thou hast confirmed to thyself thy people Israel to be a people unto thee forever. And thou, Lord, art become their God. And now, O Lord God... The word that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant and concerning his house, establish it forever and do as thou hast said and let thy name be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God over Israel and let the house of thy servant David be established before thee. For thou, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, hast revealed to thy servant, saying, I will build thee an house. Therefore hath thy servant found in his heart to pray this prayer unto thee. And now, O Lord God, thou art that God, 
and thy words be true. And thou hast promised this goodness unto thy servant. Therefore now let it please thee to bless the house of thy servant, that it may continue forever before thee. For thou, O Lord God, hast spoken it. And with thy blessing, let the house of thy servant be blessed forever. And uh, oh, there's so much to be said about this passage of scripture. But I want to take time tonight and just look at a few things and consider this. Who's building who a house? Who's building who a house? And we begin here in the first point, and we're going to roll through some things, and then we're going to have some takeaways, and this message will come to a conclusion. But the first thing I want to mention to you is this. Number one, David wants to build God a house. So the Bible says, verse 1, It came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies, that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar. But the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. David wants to build God a house. Now, I've read many commentators and commentations about this passage of Scripture. And I find that there's a mixed bag of people who want to either say David's doing a good thing or David's doing a bad thing. And uh, I can't help but believe that David is doing the right thing. Do you know what David wants? David has a moment when things have settled down and David is looking for another opportunity to serve God, to bless the God who has so graciously blessed him. And I can't find any fault in that. Something I'm enjoying as I think about David and David sitting there thinking, you know what, I'm living in this house of luxury and God has been so good to me. And he couldn't help but think about the fact that they had placed the Ark of the Covenant in a tent of curtains. And he's like, that's no place for God to dwell. He said, I want to build God a house. Now, we know pretty soon that David's plan was a plan that a man had come up with, and it wasn't God's plan at all. But I'm encouraged to note and know that when David was determined with his life to do something meaningful and right for God and his glory, that God led him away from the thing that was wrong to the thing that was right. And folks, if we're determined to be busy in service for God, faithful, faithfully looking for opportunities to serve our King and our Savior and our Lord, do you know what happens? You may have the wrong idea initially as to what God is going to have you do with your life, but I can have you know this for sure. As long as it is your desire to serve the Lord, God will lead you in a plain path and use your life in an eternal way. Oh, I'm thankful. Oh, I remember through the years, many times, I had great big plans and ideas as to what I was going to do for God and His glory. And Oh, how many times those plans have changed (laughs) But they've not changed because God hates me. They've not changed because God doesn't want to use me. They've changed because as we've sought to do God's will and do a work for the Lord, God leads us in a path that is right. And David, at this moment in his life, he wants to build God a house. I think it's important that all of us have in our hearts a desire to do something for the glory of God. I think it's important that we determine with our lives and influence and the gifts that God has given us that we determine to do something for God. 
I wonder if you've gotten into a rut. I mean, you're at church on Sunday night. Thank you. That's great. But I wonder if you've gotten in a rut in your life where you're giving God the minimum. You've got to a place in your life where when you have a little bit of extra, you're going to do something for you and you've forgotten the importance of serving God. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing something for you. But I wonder, are you looking for opportunities to serve God? And when you do, I can guarantee you this, when you, find, when you look to serve the Lord, you'll find opportunities to serve the Lord. David wants to build God a house. It's interesting that he mentions this to Nathan the prophet. This is the first time we meet Nathan the prophet in the scriptures, and we're going to see him many more times as we continue through God's word. But Nathan says to the king, Go, do all that's in thy heart, for the Lord is with thee. Now, I don't think Nathan was necessarily uh, giving him permission to build a house as much as he was saying, Go, obey the Lord, follow the Lord, and God will make it clear. But then we see what happens next. Nathan has told David, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a fine idea for you to build God a house. But God lets Nathan know something different. Point number one, David wants to build God a house. Number two, God will not allow David to build him a house. But God is going to build David a house. That's a long point, isn't it? If you're taking notes, I'll say it one more time. I like to watch all these girls right there going... Thank you for taking notes. It encourages me. God will not allow David to build him a house, but God is going to build David a house. Now let's look what the Bible says in verse 4. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me a house for me to dwell in? David, God speaks to Nathan and he asks a question. Does God ask questions because he doesn't know the answer? No. He asks questions because he wants us to think. And God sends David this question to the prophet Nathan. He says, hey, does David think he's going to build me a house? (laughs) That's not how this is going to work. The Bible says in verse number 6, Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me a house of cedar? He says, Has there ever come a time where I ask anybody along the way since I've been leading my people since Egypt and beyond that I've said, Why haven't y'all built me a house of cedar? The answer is God never asked for that. God doesn't, didn't want a house of cedar. I'll just tell you, sometimes we dream up things to do for God that God doesn't want. Sometimes we dream up ministries that God doesn't need. I've met through the years, and I don't want to be unkind, but I've met through the years people who call themselves missionaries. And they raise support to be missionaries and they have causes that sometimes will make somebody cry or jerk a heartstring that will cause a church to take them on for support. But my lands, the work they're doing is so far from what God wants. And we need to be careful that we're not trying to do things in the name of God. 
They're not trying to do things in the name of God that God never wanted. You meet lots of clubs that are Christian clubs and they, people use them as an excuse to do things. And I'm not going to get too specific. But what does God want? I'll tell you what God wants. God wants us to obey his word. God wants us to share the gospel with the lost. God wants us to love the sick and the afflicted. God wants us to be faithful parts of our church. And make sure that you're not trying to dream up something for God that God doesn't want. And when you've dreamed something up that God doesn't want, you be willing for God to take it away. You know, this is a sad moment for for David, there's no doubt. He's got in his heart, I want to build God a house. Eventually, Solomon gets to build an elaborate temple with materials that David has collected. But that's not what God wants David to do. And you know what David does? And he's so wise to do it. David hears the word of God and obeys the word of God. God will not allow David to build him a house, but God is going to build David a house. Here's what it says, verse number 8. Now therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, to be a ruler over my people over Israel. And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and I've cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight. And I've made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused uh, thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee and house. What does God say he's going to do? God says, David, you're not building me a house, but I'm going to make you a house. You see, in one instance, the word house is used to represent the palace where David, he says, I have a house that's made of cedar. He says, I want to build God a house, a temple where he can dwell. And now God says to David, he says, no, David, I'm going to make you a house. I'm going to make you a dynasty. I'm going to make you a situation where your, uh, your name and your seed will carry on forever. And David is told by God, hey, listen, I want you to not build me a house, but I'm going to build you a house. Now, this is important for us to know because we're going to meet this when we open our New Testament. The very first verse in the New Testament, I'll read it to you. You don't necessarily have to turn there. Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 1. We need to remember something. Here's what the Bible says. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Where does it begin? The New Testament begins with Jesus Christ, the son of David. What did Jesus, what, what, where did Jesus come from? He has come from the line of David. And God said, hey, listen, David, I know you have this idea to build me a house, but I don't want you to build me a house. I'm going to build you a house. And we see that house fulfilled in Christ Who's building who a house? <laughs> David wants to build God a house. God won't allow David to build him a house, but God is going to build David a house. And number three, 
God is going to have Solomon build him a house. Now, we're back to the house, the temple. Now, here's what the Bible says in verse 12. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. He says, David, after you're dead, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. What does God say? God says, I'm going to use someone in your family to build me a physical building. Who's he use? Solomon. The third point is very simply this. God is going to have Solomon build him a house. It's good to know. We'll see it soon. God's going to use Solomon to build him a house. And oh, what a temple it was. Oh, what a structure it was. But it wasn't the structure that lasted forever. Because I want you to know, you can do physical things for God. You can build things for God. But those buildings and those structures do not last forever. There's something eternal that God is always working in the eternal. Remember that. God's always working in the eternal. And it leads us to the conclusion of this passage of Scripture. God will make David's house forever through Jesus. Let's just look at it here. The Bible says in verse number 14, Move ahead to verse number uh, 16. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision did Nathan speak unto David. What happened? God says, I'm going to establish your house forever. The fourth thing is this. God will make David's house forever. Through Jesus. I'm so thankful that God's will for David was more than a structure that would have deteriorated and been gone thousands of years ago. Because God had a plan through David to make his life, his influence, and his work go forever. And we find it in Christ Jesus. See, it's so important that we note this Abra, I'm sorry, this Davidic covenant, God promised through you, David, is going to come the Messiah. It's important we pay attention. You see, who's building who a house? God's building a house. God has built a house. And through David, we have our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the interpretation of these verses of Scripture. Now, let's make some application. Here's some takeaways. Some things that I want you to think about. Now, I want you to think with me just a minute. Now, David had a righteous purpose and an ambition to do something big for God. But God sent word to David, and God told David, no. How many of you love it when people tell you no? You want to do something? And somebody tells you no. How many of you? Oh, it's just wonderful, isn't it? No. You know, there's times in our lives when God tells us no. How do we respond? How do we respond when God tells us no? How do we respond when God doesn't give us what we want? How do we respond when God doesn't answer our prayer the way that we wanted him to? How do we respond? Well, maybe we should learn from David. There's something that you can note about David. Is David listened to the word of God. Hey, folks, will you remember that you need to listen to the word of God. 
You need to listen to the word of God. Oh, it's important. Now, here's the takeaways. Number one, when we seek to serve God, he will guide us to his will. Now, how many of you ever have sought to do something for God and his glory and ended up disappointed? There's a lot of people like that. Uh, Many times in the years that I've been in ministry, I've went to visit people that were missing. It's always an uncomfortable moment. But unfortunately, most of the time, when people go missing, it's because they had some anticipation that God would do something specifically that they wanted for them, but it didn't happen. When God says no, is it because God's mad at you? No. It's because God guides us to his perfect will. I look back on all the ideas I've had through the years, and I am so thankful that God said no to me on many occasions. Because my plan is so messed up and delusional. But his is perfect. His is perfect. You see, God's plan is right. And if we get to the place, it's good to say, you know, I want to do something for God. And David was right. I want to do something for God. But when God said no, David didn't pout. Praise the Lord. When God said no, David listened to the word of God. And David, as he sought to serve the Lord, God showed him his perfect will. We see God use his life. We see God use his family. We see God use David in a mighty way. When we seek to serve God, he will guide us to his will. Now, don't get discouraged. When you don't get the answer that you hoped for, just trust God's plan. Now, that's easy to say and hard to do. But when you don't get the answer that you wanted, can I encourage you? Trust God's plan. Now, you think about David's plan for just a minute. What did David want to do? As far as building a house was concerned. David wanted to build a house of cedar. Now I'll have you know. There is very, very little cedar left. From the era and the time from which David was building. Now I can imagine that David at this moment in his life. He was looking at his house. He said, my lands. I live in a house of cedar. And God stays in a house of curtains. Now, I can imagine that the house that David lived in was pretty impressive. Most people refer to it, would refer to it as a palace. But when we think about this house that David was living in, if we were to go try to find it today, it would be impossible. Matter of fact, archaeologists would love to find the house that David lived in, the house of cedar, but, and I'm sure there's been efforts made, but We don't know that they found David's house. And if they find it, it's not in any kind of condition that we could dwell in it again. As a matter of fact, when we think about Solomon's temple and all of its glory and all of its splendor, and it was amazing. War came after the time of Christ and the temple was destroyed. And if you can find a piece of it, that would be a great fortune. But the temple, that temple, it hasn't lasted. What David wanted to do was something that was temporary and temporal. But what God is always doing is eternal things. 
So when you surrender to the will of God, when God says no about your plans, you remember something. God has a plan that is greater than your plan and sees further than you see. God's plan for David's life, it blessed David, it blessed his son Solomon, it blessed his family, it blessed generations come, it blessed the whole world through his seed, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't get so disappointed when you don't get what you think God should give you. You rest in the fact that God knows what you need. When you don't get the answer you hope for, trust God's plan. And remember, God's purposes extend beyond the years of our lives. Who's building who a house? Now, you know what? I think we should determine with all of our heart to serve the Lord. I think we should be looking for opportunities to serve him. We need to make sure we're doing our service to God, God's way. And when we surrender to God's will and God's work, doing God's thing, God's work, God's way, we can rest in the fact that God is going to do a work that lasts beyond our lives, but we yield fruit for eternity. Who's building who a house? <laughs> Who's building who a house? David Resolve to let God build his house. And we can too. Oh, may God help us to serve him. Will you determine to be busy serving God? Will you determine to surrender your will to God and submit yourself to God's word? If you will, you'll be glad. Who's building whose house? Let's trust God and do things God's way. David learned a valuable lesson. Let's pray.